Welcome to Choate's Enforcement and Investigations Updates, a podcast series hosted by our Government Enforcement and Compliance Group. On this show, we discuss timely analysis of legal and compliance developments, court decisions, and changes in legislation and regulations related to white-collar defense, global investigations, and whistleblower claims. Hi, I'm Diana Lloyd. I'm co-chair of Choate Hall and Stewart's Government Enforcement and Compliance Practice Group. I'm here today with Adam Bookbinder, who is also a partner in our group. Adam was formerly chief of the cybercrime unit at the Boston U.S. Attorney's Office. He's an expert in a wide range of cybersecurity and data privacy issues. Today, we'd like to talk to Adam about a recent cybersecurity case that raises some important questions. To set the stage a little bit, in September 2020, Joseph Sullivan, the former chief security officer of Uber, was indicted on cybersecurity-related offenses. But he wasn't indicted because he was a hacker or because he stole data. He was indicted and he faces a prison sentence because he learned that Uber had been hacked and he didn't disclose it. Adam, we've talked about this case a bit and you've told me that this case raised red flags for you. Why is that? Uh, yeah, thanks, Diana. I, I see this case as highlighting a new risk for corporate leaders, uh, the risk of indictment and possible prison sentences for the failure to properly address and disclose cybersecurity incidents. It also shows the importance for companies of having strong policies and practices set up to address cybersecurity. Yeah, some good points already. Can you give us some background about the case so our listeners have a bit more context? Happy to do that. So this story begins in 2014 when Uber had a breach. Um, it was a situation in which an outsider got access to Uber information for about 50,000 drivers that had been stored with Amazon Web Services or AWS. And uh, it led to an investigation by the Federal Trade Commission, or the FTC, of Uber's data security practices. And let that me is, stop there, Adam. Did Uber actually disclose this to the FTC? Uh, they did initially, yes. The 2014 incident they did. And that, again, led to an investigation, which ran from 2015 into 2017. Uh, in that investigation, Joe Sullivan, Uber's chief security officer, also an attorney and a former federal cybercrime prosecutor, uh, was designated by Uber to testify. Uh, and he did testify under oath before the FTC in November of 2016. Now, what also happened in 2016 was that Uber was the victim of another cybersecurity incident. This time it was ransomware. And in this case, the hackers got uh, names and license numbers for 600,000 Uber drivers, again stored. Uh, in AWS, and hackers used the same technique uh, that hackers had in the 2014 incident to get that data. They also got some personal information for 57 million drivers and users uh, of Uber. So Joe Sullivan learned about this 2016 incident about 10 days after his testimony before the FTC. But even though he was continuing to cooperate with the government and Uber was cooperating with this investigation, he didn't say anything and Uber didn't disclose anything about this second incident to the FTC. The way Sullivan and Uber did address this ransomware incident was by paying $100,000 in ransom to the hackers using funds from Uber's bug bounty program, possibly in violation of the terms of that program. 
And let me just uh, ask a question there in case some of our listeners aren't familiar with a bug bounty program. Can you explain what that is? Yeah, essentially bug bounty program is a program set up by by many tech companies to encourage people to find bugs or errors in their software, uh, their websites, um, and to report them to the company and then to compensate those people for that um, for that work. These programs are not designed to reward people who hack into the company and steal data. Um, but in this case, that's uh, what Sullivan used. Um, and uh, he got the hackers to sign a, a non-disclosure agreement or an NDA that was not part of Uber's bug bounty program. Um, and again, according to the government uh, charging documents in this case, that NDA falsely stated that the hackers had not obtained any data from Uber. Uh, and Joe Sullivan knew that this was false, but yet insisted that the hackers sign this NDA in order to get their payment. The government alleged that not only did Sullivan fail to tell others at Uber about the incident, he didn't tell the FTC, notwithstanding Uber's continued cooperation with the FTC investigation into the earlier incident, uh, and, and notwithstanding the fact that Uber was arguing to the FTC that it shouldn't penalize the company for cybersecurity lapses because its security had improved since 2014. Um, the other thing the government uh, alleges is that when Sullivan told Uber's CEO about this recent 2016 incident, he misrepresented key facts even to his own CEO. So ultimately, Sullivan was fired by Uber for the way he handled the situation, but he was also charged with two felonies. The first of those is something called misprision, which uh, means that he knew about a felony, in this case, the 2016 ransomware attack, and that he concealed that crime. And the second felony is obstruction of the FTC investigation. Wow, so, so here's my reaction to what you've said so far, Adam. Uh, first, I can definitely understand why Sullivan was fired. Um, he never should have concealed this from others in the organization, and he should have reported it to the company's lawyers so that they could assess how to respond. But the criminal charges don't really seem legally sound to me. First, there isn't a statute that requires a company to report a cyber attack. And in addition here, there's no allegation that Sullivan made a false statement to the government which could have provided a legitimate basis for a charge. Instead, Sullivan was charged with obstruction. And honestly, it's hard to see how an obstruction charge should be available when there's no affirmative duty to have reported the attack. Um, and then misprision of felony, uh, which you almost never hear about, while technically is in the books as a crime, is hardly ever charged. Uh, so, so what are your thoughts about this, Adam? I agree that this is a very aggressive criminal prosecution that may ultimately not be successful. I, I, it would seem to me a questionable use of prosecutorial resources to charge a crime victim, which is Sullivan and Uber, uh, with misprision for failing to report a hack that they were the victim of. Uh, on the other hand, there's no question that Sullivan made some very bad decisions here. Both those points are very true. Are there some lessons that we can learn based on the Sullivan case? I think there are a few. First, while it is often smart to limit information about a cyber incident to a small group at a company, all of the key decision makers should know about any significant cyber incident. And it's important to have a cyber incident response plan in place 
that is clear about who will be notified and when. Second, it may be necessary in some cases to pay ransom in response to a ransomware attack in order for a company to avoid major disruption to its operations. But for a public company, it is dangerous to think that by paying this kind of ransom, you can hide a major cybersecurity incident from scrutiny within and outside of the company. And finally, it's very risky to disclose only selectively to the government, particularly when the company is a target of an investigation like Uber was here. Now, incomplete disclosure has not historically led to criminal prosecution, and it is unlikely that this is going to be common in the future, but this is certainly a new risk that corporate leaders need to be aware of. And this case highlights what I think is a far greater risk of significant regulatory or employment consequences for anyone, individuals, and companies uh, that omit material information when they're disclosing to the government. Well, thank you so much, Adam, for that expert insight on the Sullivan case and its ramifications. And to our listeners, we hope you found this talk useful. Thank you for tuning in to Choate's Enforcement and Investigations Updates podcast series. For more information about Choate and our Government Enforcement and Compliance Group, please visit www.choate.com. You can also listen to more episodes of Choate's Enforcement and Investigations Updates and other Choate podcasts in the newsroom of our website, and you can subscribe to them wherever you listen to podcasts, including iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. The information presented in this recording is for educational purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice for a specific situation. If you wish to obtain legal advice, you should retain an attorney and explain the facts of your particular situation.